0: this is fred hayes and you're listening to five questions with dan shawbell
1: you're listening to the five questions podcast and i'm your host dan shawbell in fewer than 10 minutes my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions my guest today is former nasa astronaut fred hayes fred served as a backup lunar module pilot for apollo 8 and Apollo 11 before serving as the lunar module pilot for the Apollo 13-8 mission. We talk about his new book, Never Panic Early, and all of his experiences during Apollo 13 and World War II during this podcast episode. Fred, welcome to Five Questions. Glad to be here. You originally wanted to be in journalism, but went into the military instead and eventually became an astronaut. What caused you to change your career trajectory?
0: Well, basically, it was the uh, Korean War. At the time, I wanted to serve my country. I would had two years of college and my dad had always suggested I try to get in a program that would lead to a commission as an officer. The only program that fit two years of college and 18 years old was the Naval Aviation Cadet Program. So I was going to have to fly airplanes, even though I had never been in an airplane in my life, not even sitting on the ground. 18 years old, you don't think too hard about what's next. You just uh, jump in. And I did. And it turned out I uh, loved flying.
1: Yeah, bravery is kind of a common theme throughout the book and your career and i wouldn't have the guts to do that i mean my friends joke sometimes that if i was i'd be the worst person ever to be in the military or to fly a plane you know clearly i mean when you're younger especially i I think even people who start skiing or start some sort of sport or something when they're younger there's there's less fear and then as you get older you think about everything
0: oh yeah i'm I'm kind of that way now (laughs) worrying about children i'm gonna have grandchildren
1: How did you recover after your crash during World War II? And what did that experience do to change you?
0: Well, I was fortunate uh, actually to be in Houston uh, because the uh, University of Texas has a fine hospital down in Galveston, and they're partnered with the uh, Shrine Hospital next door, Burn Institute. And they have a partnership where the Shrine doctors not not just uh, care for the children that come in that are burned, some very severely worse than I was, but they also partner with the UT uh, Hospital, University of Texas Hospital for the bidding uh, residents in a way they served that the hospital for burn patients uh, in that in that regard and uh, I had Dr. Larson who was the chief doctor at the Shrine Institute that uh, did the work on me. After I got past what they considered a critical stage I counseled with the doctors uh, the, both the internists and uh, met with Dr. Larson who was you know had surveyed the burns at this time and told him I want to get back to flight status talked about what was going to have to be done. And about uh, the only thing that uh, we changed in the protocol was where my legs were almost totally burned. They were going to have to put a pin through my ankles to hoist the legs up when they got to the grafting, because when they get, get done grafting, you can't have weight pressure on the grafts for, uh, I think it was five days. I worried about that because the pins through my ankles may have left a hole or a void in the bone structure. And so I worried about flying again, where you you change altitude, differential pressure. So uh, what we did was uh, I had my wife buy some sandals and gave them to uh, suit missions at Johnson Space Center. And they put Velcro on the bottom of those sandals and they built a board that went at the end of the bed with matching Velcro. So that way I could clamp my legs into there for five days and avoided uh, having my legs uh, lying on the bed to uh, alter the grafts that had been done when that when that happened later.
1: That sounds like a horrific experience. And you also had a tough experience as an astronaut. What was the hardest moment you experienced on the Apollo 13 mission, and how did you navigate through it with the rest of the crew?
0: The hardest point, obviously, was when uh, we suffered an explosion in oxygen tank two. We had two tanks. It appeared initially. Looking at the instrument panel, that tank one was okay and it was not leaking. So I'm, my feeling at, at that point was a deep disappointment. I was sort of sick to my stomach almost because I knew losing the one tank of two meant we had an abort. And so we were where we were located at the time. I knew we'd not even go, we would not go into lunar orbit, much less try to land and I lost uh, my chance to land on the moon. And I trained on Apollo 8 and Apollo 11 as a backup to Buzz Aldrin, and here was my big chance and it, it was gone. It was gone in the flesh.
1: Now a word from our sponsor. Looking to improve your employee experience and increase retention? LoMaps is your digital HQ, the one place where employees gather to be informed and inspired, to collaborate and share knowledge, and even find purpose or discover the next big idea to fuel your business. LoMaps helps employees engage with each other through personalized communication regardless of location or language by connecting them with the tools, people, and information they need. Video has revolutionized the way the world communicates Communicates. In a recent study, Lomaps found that 66% of employees are likely to access an internal platform more regularly if it featured video content. Request a demo today by going to Lomaps.com. Bad things happen to good people, and you, it seems like <laughs> it just keeps creeping up for you, and When you deal with these very difficult, dangerous situations, what's the first thing you do when encountering them?
0: The first thing you do, obviously, in an airplane or a spacecraft is you analyze the situation. Uh, In our our case, we had a instrument panel that had an array of uh, warning lights, and you could uh, survey that. You had all those instruments to survey that gave you pressure, temperature, quantity, etc. And you try to analyze the systemic uh, part of the problem and uh, what the key, key part was. And you actually, we actually had malfunction procedures. If there were just one failure, that would lead you through a uh, logic tree, a yes, no, that would lead you to a quota solution. There was a lot more ad-libbing in the case of Apollo 13 because of the shutdown of the mothership, which had never been planned. Mission controllers had that saw the ad-lib that.
1: And what's your best piece of career advice?
0: I tell people, particularly young people, to try to think of the talent they've been born and blessed with, and then try to marry that with a career with that, that would best use that talent. For instance, if they're not good at math or don't enjoy math or physics or chemistry or whatever, don't think of becoming an engineer. If you're good at drawing or you're good with music, or, then you need to use that skill and try to apply the skills you've been blessed with to, toward a, a career that fits. Then it'll make it a lot easier for you when you go through the training and uh Schooling or technical training or whatever that are part of the uh, resume you need to build to uh, get into that career and uh, then be successful and you'll enjoy more going to work every day. You'll tend to be uh, uh, growing that career and be more successful and happy in life. Thank you so much for sharing your
1: wisdom, Fred. To follow his journey, you can read his book, Never Panic Early, An Apollo 13 Astronaut's Journey. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash danshawbell. And please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes.